I'm a mom of Irish triplets, twins, and my third, who I had 18 months later. So I know a thing or two about baby gear and paraphernalia, what you need and what you don't. I only give an F about three Fs, form, the quality and durability of a product, functionality, and fair price. I recently discovered Baby Trends Cover Me 4-in-1 Car Seat. It's a convertible car seat that has a patent-pending canopy for overhead and side sun protection. It can be used for 4 to 100 pounds and in modes including rear-facing, toddler rear-facing, forward-facing, and belt-positioning booster. And get this, the Cover Me also has a very convenient recline system, which allows your child to find a comfortable position and limits the amount of space taken up by the seat when in the rear-facing position. My babies did not like having their knees scrunched up to their face, and rightfully so. Problem solved. Lastly, there's a no-twist, no-rethread harness and comfort cabin with multi-layered padding in conjunction with the UPF 50 Plus canopy I mentioned earlier. Baby Trend was founded in 1988 and it's a brand that's tried, tested, and true. I'm so glad to work with the female podcast collective, ASA, to bring you my code COVERME20 to receive 20% off when you visit babytrend.com backslash ASA, O-S-S-A. Again, cover me 20 to receive 20% off your order at babytrend.com backslash ASA. Safe travels. Hi, this is Robin Ward, CEO of Founder Forward, and you are listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. We got a chance to speak about leadership, parenting, adopting, and so much more. Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with a brand new season of That's Total Mom Sense, where I interview parenting experts, world-renowned thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories and mom sense experiences. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. Pandemic or not, these episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join my tribe and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Parenting is servant leadership 101. It's about your team. This is about your employee. And like as parenting, this is not about me. So servant leadership, humility. There's a whole lot I don't know, and I got to get real comfortable with it. This reframe that sort of come into my mind about the connection between leadership and parenting is, has been extremely powerful for me in both contexts, but I think that it makes me a better leader and a better parent. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance. 
your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that Total Mom Sense. Imagine if you could be the best CEO of you and approach parenting the same way you approach leadership. This is a philosophy that Robin Ward has come up with and we're going to get into in our conversation today. Robin Ward is a 20-year veteran of the technology startup space. She started Founder Forward, a boutique leadership development firm to help founders and executives up-level themselves and build high-performing teams, cultures, and companies. Current and past clients include Ritual, Ordermark, Tala, STEM, and Toucan, among others. A sought-after keynote and panelist, Robin speaks at conferences, companies, and venture firms on topics relating to entrepreneurial mindset, peak performance, and best self-leadership. She also co-teaches Performance Mindset for Business at her alma mater, USC. Prior to Founder Forward, Robin launched and ran the strategic investment arm of United Talent Agency, where she drove investments in Patreon, Micmac, House Party, and Thrive Market, among others. Before UTA, Robin was a business development and operations executive who served on the founding leadership teams of several venture-backed startups, including DocStock, acquired by Intuit, and Verified Person, acquired by Sterling Talent Solutions. Robin is a passionate community builder and connector, as well as a longtime champion of DEI in the tech ecosystem and beyond. She has been named a top woman in LA Tech by Digital LA and a top LA Tech ambassador by Tech Week. Robin is a Techstars all-star mentor and expert network advisor to Steve Case's Rise of the Rest Fund, a board member of the Women Founders Network, an LP in the fund, and a proud part owner in Angel City Football Club. She adopted her son, Ryder, who is now about a year and a half years old and is a beacon for women and men who know they want to have children, but are not so aware of the adoption process. We are going to talk about all these things today. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to speak about all these things. Yes, me too. And I'm so glad that Sarah Harden had connected us. I'm just so thankful. Uh, And I I feel like your story is incredible. And I can't wait for the audience to hear it. All right, let's dig in. (laughs) All right. So I love to start from the beginning. Let's hear about your childhood. As a kid, when someone asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would you respond I want to run companies. Oh, I did. Uh, I'm not one of those people that that you know had a has some really interesting story with a bunch of career shifts. My grandfather, who's my namesake, Robert, uh, was an entrepreneur, and I was obsessed with reading his magazines back when they were print magazines and his Wall Street Journal. And I would go over there and he would teach me how to trade stocks and I was going to be a woman running businesses. Wow. Um, and what about your siblings? Uh, I have a two siblings, um, two sisters. One lives in Chicago, one lives in Indiana, one's in real estate, and one is a success coach. Oh, nice. Okay. And so tell us about how your parents raised the three of you and how that's kind of shaped who you are today. Well... My mother raised by example. 
She uh, is a very successful businesswoman. So in the 80s, it was rare to have a mom that worked that was, you know, busy sort of running our carpools, but also then running back to work. So that was more lead by example. My dad was the one where uh, he was my coach and I was a sports lover. It's my excitement around this new investment of mine in Angel City Football Club run by some friends of mine, but he was coach. So most of the takeaways there are some sort of sports quote, whether it's swing for the fences, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. You know, there is no I in team, all of them. And whatever John Wooden said, John Ward would say, but you know, it really impacted me. I've always been a risk taker. I've always put in the practice hours. I've always strongly believed that if I set my mind to it, and then of course worked really hard, that I, that I could do it. And that's that sort of driven me. I mean, I was raised, which I didn't say, in Indiana, um, right. and chose to go to college in Los Angeles when most of the folks I know go to Indiana University, which is a great university. So I I really always have swung for the fences, taking risks. Right. Amazing. So you've just experienced many career milestones and, you know, have really been a pioneer in tech and media. So what would you say is one of the pinch me moments that you simply can't forget? That's an interesting one. I will say when I was tapped to come into United Talent Agency to launch and run their new investment initiative, it was a big moment in terms of moving from an operator into a venture role, which is something that I've been wanting to do. It was also an important moment because at that time, there were very few women writing checks in LA or otherwise. And so the idea, you know, I had been a leader and founding team member with all men in tech. <laughs> the idea of being able to move now in this role of being seen as a check writer and investing in tech companies is important to me um, to see a change in the ratio of, of women founders and funders, but I, very important to the overall ecosystem. So at that time, I felt like I was stepping into something that was both important to me, but important to the community. Yes. Um, well, tell us about Founder Forward and you know what the mission is for the company. So I left my job at UTA after three and a half years and started this business founder forward, which is really focused on helping founders and startups reach their full potential. What I realized when I hopped to the investment side is the piece I love the most is taking the calls from the founders and helping them work through issues, whether it was sort of an inside leadership game issue or an external issue. Many in the port coast started calling me coach. And so, you know, I'd been an operator, then I was an investor. And what I realized, which fit ideally with just a different stage in my life is I had started teaching at my alma mater, USC, and the coaching work that I was doing and formally at the time was bringing me the most joy. And I sort of felt like I tapped into my superpower and I went with it. So people thought I was nuts. Coaching is having a moment, but five-ish years ago to leave my swanky job to go in start this business was a risk and people were happy to tell me they thought I was nuts. But again, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. So yes. I went there, my gut and my heart was telling me to go. And I built this business focused on all the things that you said in the intro. But really, it's just about helping folks scale themselves alongside their businesses. Yes, yes. Now, I'm sure, you know, there are a bevy of founders that want to work with you. What do you look for? You know, what is the criteria for a founder and company to work with you? 
well, one, I like a good challenge. <laughs> so mm-hmm. whatever the story leading up to, um, and, um, uh, you know, sort of what are they going through in the moment, but the real, the, I like a diversity in types of clients, right? So it makes it more fun for me. So some people will say, oh, you know, do you work with CBG businesses? Do you work with B2C businesses? And I work with any kind of business, right? That's okay. not the kind of work we're doing. So the actual function of the business or what space you're in doesn't really matter for a coach. The most important, so chal- the challenge, the diversity of, of client base and, and, and what the company is, but also the founder diversity. And then most important, people need to want to be coached. So yes. somebody that's really fired up and going to be committed to like dig in and do the work is the most important thing because then it will be a mutually rewarding experience. Yes, I couldn't agree more. You know, when we first had our call before this, we talked about how leadership and parenting are very similar. And, you know, you really understand the trappings of a great leader and, you know, now can apply it to parenting. So what qualities do you feel are indicative of someone who's a great leader and can then in turn be a great parent too? So I will answer that, but I do want to preface it with saying, I did not understand that. For a long Ah. time, despite having a mother that was a career woman, I was in, in, in finance and, and tech. We still have diversity issues, but we're talking about 10 and 20 years ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, I was working twice as hard as everybody in the room. And the idea that I might also be able to be a parent, they seemed at odds. And I think society plays them at odds. So it makes it such a struggle um, to make that decision. And the beauty of what I've learned is that they're not at odds. They feed each other. There's this amazing like synergistic symbiotic relationship of me growing as a leader and I grow every time I'm coaching and coaching leaders. And what, I, what I'm what i seeing, experiencing and feeling as great traits for uh, being a great parent. And so with that preface, I'll reference our, our good friend, Sarah Harden, who introduced us. She sent me this lovely note that I cried and will have as a keepsake forever when I adopted writer. And one of the core components of the note that stood out was her talking about how parents are emotional light posts. I say this all the time to my clients, right? You're the emotional light post of your team and your company. And so slowly but surely in the early days of being a parent, while I was coaching, I was just connecting the dots and the lessons and the topics every day, right? Which is emotional intelligence, self-awareness, authenticity. I'll tell you a big one is emotional regulation, which is under emotional intelligence, which is how do you manage yourself yes. right? when a kid does something wrong? Or, you know, since I have a, a younger kid, like when he bangs himself into the wall, instead of going oh, and making him have that response, how do you, you know, stay calm and respond in the moment? So, so I do a lot of work on how do we respond versus react, right? Yes. How do you manage your mindset and your reaction. Another one that's so important is communication, right? Communication skills, active listening, holding accountability rather than blame and shame. Blame and shame in a company leads to a toxic culture. Blame and shame with a child, which um, everybody go read Brene Brown because all of her leadership work goes applies to parenting. But you always want to call out the behavior of the activity and not the person or not your child. And if you are a parent that calls out the child and makes them feel less than, makes them feel bad instead that they didn't behave 
in a certain way, then the connection is to the core of their being, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that tweak in a management and leadership style is very important lesson to parenting, which is make sure that the feedback or the commentary is always on the activity or the behavior and not on the person. Otherwise, you're you're shaming and shame right. can have some real impact and effects. So those would probably be some of the, the top ones. The other one is like parenting is servant leadership 101, right? You say <laughs> yes. like, listen, I say to some of my founders when we're working through some ego things, like this is not about you. It's about your team. This is about your employee. And like as parenting, this is not about me. This is about writing, right? Yeah. So servant leadership, humility, there's a whole lot I don't know and I got to get real comfortable with it. So yeah, I really feel like this, this reframe that sort of come into my mind about the connection between leadership and parenting is, has been extremely powerful for me in both contexts, but I think that it makes me a better leader and a better parent. And now for a quick break brought to you by my brand sponsor, Homer. Hi, this is Kanika Chadagupta, founder and host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm Stephanie Dua, president and co-founder of Homer. And this is At Home with Homer. Homer is the essential early learning program for kids aged two to eight. We have the most comprehensive app available for early learning skills that you can find on iOS or Google Play. And you can also find our really fun explore kits that help kids with their math, their reading, and social emotional learning that you can find on our website, learnwithhomer.com. On this weekly segment, we're going to cover a range of topics from raising confident readers to developing emotional intelligence. These are the skills that will carry your child through school and life and resonate most when taught at home by you, their most important teacher. So grab a notepad, your phone, or your mental notebook to remember the tips shared during the segment. And now on to At Home with Homer. This segment is on screen time as purposeful time. So during this very tenuous time, I think we've all gained new perspective on screen time. While it allowed for remote learning during the pandemic, we also have screen time fatigue and new blue light lenses from too much of it. What are some tips, resources, and guardrails you can share regarding screen time for young learners? As you mentioned, technology has saved us in so many ways this past year, but we're wrestling with this tension of how much and how we want to use it in our families. We've been able to stay connected to the outside world, teachers, family, friends, because of screens. But now as we're getting back to kind of a new normal, we need to be thinking about what is screen time and how do we want to use it in our families? So I like to say to our families, I like to use the play framework. The P is for purpose, the L is for learning value, the A is for appropriateness, and the Y is for yes. So the play framework really helps us think about, instead of thinking always about screen time in a negative context, like how do we actually think about screen time in our lives? We have it, right? So how do we actually use it effectively? So the P is for purpose. Purpose is you need to be thinking about why. Why are you using the screen with your child? There's so many different reasons it could be helping them stay entertained. It could be giving them an opportunity, as we just talked about, to connect with family and friends. It could be helping them assist with their schoolwork. So, or it could be winding down at night. And so the kind of content and type of media that your child is experiencing should be related to that purpose. So P is for having some intention and thinking about then what is the right content um, or game or, or Zoom that you want to have based on that purpose. 
L is for learning value. Learning value is really about their thinking critically about the kind of content. You know, when looking at whether you're going to do an app or a TV show, you really want to be thinking about what kind of value that that's bringing to your family and to your child. I personally love to use Common Sense Media. It's a great resource and it's done a lot of legwork for parents. And I personally found them as a lifesaver for my kids. I would always, when they would argue with me and they'd say, oh yes, it's appropriate. I can watch this. I'd say, go ask Common Sense Media. And if Common Sense Media says it's age appropriate, then it's okay. So it got us out of the debates in our family about whether they could or could not watch or do something. And I really relied on that. They're a real trusted source for learning value. And then A is appropriateness. You know, you do need to think about based on your child's age, you know, is it appropriate for them? Are they going to engage with it very long? Will it make them giggle? Will it make them get up and dance? Will they try out a new word? Is it personalized to them? Is it going to be a positive experience or a scary experience? These are some things you need to think about in terms of the appropriateness of the content. And then finally, the why. The why in play is for yes. You can use screens. Parents should feel empowered to use screens in a way that is mindful for themselves and their family. They aren't designed to ruin your child's future, but rather when used appropriately, would give children the skills that they need to thrive in the 21st century. Thank you, Stephanie. I love it. Now, whenever I think of playtime, I'm going to think of this really fun mnemonic. We hope you enjoyed this week's At Home with Homer segment. To download the app, visit learnwithhomer.com backslash momsense, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E to receive your very own 60-day free trial. Your kids are going to love playing the games, watching the visual stories, and more. Now, back to the interview. I want to talk about growth mindset. We hear this buzzword everywhere. What, What really does it mean? It means that we believe that with feedback and hard work that we can develop and learn in areas potentially that we didn't otherwise think that we could. So Mm. I will be specific in language we hear because people will, of course, use a fixed mindset, growth mindset. Most people will say, oh, I have a growth mindset, right? Right. But all the time you hear language, I hear it with clients, but you hear it everywhere. Oh, I'm not that kind of person or I'm not good with numbers or the way I do something. Growth mindset is you know, every day is a new day. <laughs> Don't get over-identified with who you were because every day is a new day to choose who you will be. Mm. And that can step into the learning of these things. And so it's sort of this let go of the over-identification and know that you are malleable and constantly growing and becoming and learning. Yes. And I think that is, if you ask any VC, one of the number one traits you're looking for in a great founder Um, but I just think that that's one of the number one skills in life. I think life is about becoming and growing and growth mindset is the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Now you speak about best self-leadership, you know, in your blog and you've given talks on this. What does that entail? Okay. Well, so over my entire career, which now I'm making myself <laughs> maybe older than I am in this, in this interview, but so 20 plus years, I've worked with hundreds, directly and indirectly. I've worked with hundreds of founders, leaders, CEOs, and I really became obsessed with what the mindsets, practices, habits that set some leaders up for success, particularly since I work with a lot of high growth venture back companies on that roller coaster. And then, you know, where other folks do not succeed. 
And I built a framework around that. And that framework is called Best Self Leadership. And other than sort of all the statistics and data that I have from what I've seen, there's a very simple core concept to that, which is just that you cannot be an effective leader of others if you're not an effective leader of self, right? Mm -hmm. And so Best Self Leadership is sort of this framework and toolkit that imbues all of the work we do at Founder Forward. So I use it in one-on-one coaching, but I also, right now, I'm working with an amazing mid-sized company in the South, a healthcare company. We've run the whole leadership team through it. And it's self-care, self-awareness, because who you are is how you lead and how you show up in life. And if you don't know yourself, you can't grow yourself. Self-management, which has two components, which is one, time, attention, and energy which um, most people just focus on time management. And it's the trio, time, attention, and energy, which is focus. And then the second piece of management is managing your mindset and your emotions, which is often where the deepest work happens. And then the last bucket is self-growth. So, you know, particularly for leaders that are driving businesses every year, you set up your yearly KPIs or OKRs for the business. You need to do that for yourself, right? So ultimately, wow. I mean, this is how coaching became popular. So you've got, yeah. you've got six to 10 OKRs. You've got the company <laughs> OKRs and the leader because your job is to grow alongside the company. That's a lot, right? So getting a thought and accountability partner um, to work through all of that is one of the reasons why coaching became popular. But, but so last year when we went into the pandemic, I was thinking about that self-leadership. And one of the things I say is leadership is a practice, not a position. Anybody is a leader in anything in life. You could be a leader of your family, your community, your church, or your company, or your team. And so, you know, these framework of self-care, self-awareness, self-management, self-growth is not something that's solely for entrepreneurs. Best self-leadership is really for any human because the goal is to show up and to continue to put the work in to become your best self and live into your purpose. And so ultimately, what we'll probably do is offer this as like a separate online course that anybody can take so that it's not just for leadership teams and entrepreneurs, because I think the application is much broader. Wow. You know, I want to hear all about that process um, that you went through. When did you decide, I am going to become a mother? Hmm. I decided, interestingly enough, when I was going through my coach training program, and I have loved children, and I'm a fun Auntie Roro to countless children. But I always thought, one, I thought of it it's so separate that it was going to take me back on all of this doubling down that I had been right. in dream and statement since I was six, which was I was going to go run companies. But also, you know, I will say there's a bunch of other factors that come into like, do you do it or do you not do it? I'm single. Am I waiting for the right partner? Um, Do I want to raise a kid on my own? Can I raise a kid on my own? I know people do it, but man, it seems so hard. Um, And all of that, you know, you do the why, the why, the why. All of that just comes down to (laughs) F-E-A-R. Fear in a different context, right? Yes. I had really convinced myself, hey, you know what? I'm past that point. I love to travel. I'm a business builder. I'll be fun Auntie Roro. And then I went through this coaching program. And as I said, when I got a coach, to help me move through some of the differences that were unique to being in a talent agency um, versus being in a startup, it was a game changer for me. And then I thought, I love doing this. And it was my superpower, but I want to go get accredited in it, a certification. And what happens when you go through a coach training is you actually do the work. 
It's deep, hard work. That's how they sort of get you on board and how you can be a good partner to somebody. And so, I, you know, they said to you when you walked in there, a lot of you are doing this because you want to build a coaching practice, but we're going to tell you right now, it'll change your life. And I sort of did an eye roll, if I'm being honest, and was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And by doing that work, by sitting down with who I am right now, what do I really want? What are my core values? What is this sort of quote unquote, second half of my life look like? How do I want to design it? The entire coaching program became more about my choice to be a parent and moving through the adoption process than it did, you know, in terms of of, of being a focus for me building a bigger and stronger coaching business. So that was the moment where I literally just inside of the coaching training meeting session while I was jamming with a partner and practicing something was like, I'm going to do it. It's not too late. I can do it. People do it all the time. It may be a little bit tougher if I'm a single mom. I've got a village of supporters. Of course, I didn't anticipate the pandemic. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was the moment. And I didn't waffle from that moment. Like when, right. I, when I went in that moment, I went, I went all in. Wow. So tell us about that process, firstly, how you did your research and, and found the best adoption agency for you. And you know, now you have your beautiful son. I'd love to share that. And then I would love to just send this link to folks because I have become (laughs) the like person that people know that adopted and everybody wants to connect a friend. And I want everybody to, you know, if they choose, have this amazing journey like I did, but it's starting to be several calls a week. You know, one of the, this all comes back to coaching. One of the things I say to my clients when they're really stressed or trying to figure something else, it's like, what's the next best step? And I hadn't even like taken the steps right? Like most people that call me to ask me about it, haven't even researched the fact that like in your city somewhere, there's a, a social agency that once a month has an adoption orientation. So I made the decision and I spoke with a couple of people finally, and I pulled around and I found the adoption orientation. First step, go to the adoption orientation. They give you the list of things to be done. They give you a site, they walk you through it. They hold your hand. And it was just like, I hadn't taken those steps yet because I was so blocked emotionally and psychologically about whether or not I was going to do this. Each little step, which at this point they make pretty easy and is digitized, although, you know, might be digitized in a very 90, 1980s way, right? And there's mm-hmm, some yeah. bundling <laughs> to the technology at some of these places. But, you know, once you take that first step, the path and the process is pretty laid out for you. And of course, you can just stop at any point in time. So I always say to people, listen, this can take several years. And if you're even thinking about it, go online and Google adoption orientation in your city. It's a simple first step. Right. Okay, great. Are there any, you know, roadblocks you hit or something that you want to share with hopeful parents that they are not going to, you know, intuitively be aware of? Well, one, I would just say it takes longer than you think, but I don't want to make the process just because it's digitized and spelled out for you sound easy. There's a good deal of psychology to this process that comes in when you're actually getting to the point where you're matching and getting on phone calls with birth mothers and developing a relationship. So it is heavy and it is hard. That would be one of the points where I really wish I had a partner in it. That piece of it, I would just say, you know, be be prepared emotionally for the idea of matching and unmatching. I think what they don't tell you is that 
sometimes you go through several matches and unmatches before you get to the one. So nobody had told me that. Mm. And we don't need to get into it here, but like I had matched and I ended up unmatching. Uh And I didn't know that that happened. And so to sort of normalize the idea that there's more than one match and that you will find the right, the universe will work out. Like I a hundred and thousand and zillion gazillion percent know that writer is my boy and that we were meant for each other. And so that, that match wasn't meant to be. Right. So if you match and you unmatch, it wasn't meant to be. And I felt like I did, I had a lot of help at the beginning of the process and I didn't have a lot of clarity once we got into the heart and the hard stuff. And I was sort of on a solo road there. And I would have loved to know that, that, that like when I got the match, I didn't need to be so attached to that being the only opportunity and then feel the devastation of that in the same way. And that just your, your, your baby and your birth mom will, come when the time is right and and you will know. Mm, yes. Um, you know, through the process, did you find that it was easier or harder to have um, adopted a child at birth versus an older one? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I actually thought I was going to adopt an older child. There were a couple of reasons why I didn't. I thought I was going to adopt somebody not from the United States. And then right. um, that is more challenging now. I was a little nervous about doing the foster route, which you do if the child is of a certain age, Mm -hmm. only because then if the parent gets straightened out or out of whatever situation that they were unable to be a fit parent, there's always that, I think, fear. Yeah. (laughs) And and I didn't think I could handle handle that. So I just thought that um, once I had researched that and thought it through, I, I just went for um, a baby, but, uh, yeah. the foster system and I have much respect for people that do it. I just decided it wasn't for me. Yeah. For those who are interested in looking into adopting from another country or having, you know, more of an intercultural home. I mean, did you have any findings? Yeah. I, I you know, I, I hate to share them because I, I don't want it to, to get into, um, a downer of, of a, interview, but I originally, I spent a lot of time um, helping build schools in South America um, Mm. and Latin America. And I love that culture. And so in my mind, I was always going to adopt a toddler from Guatemala or El Salvador. And I like, that was what it was, if I did it. I was in the back of my mind for a long time. Again, I made no steps to do it. And then I kind of decided I wasn't going to do it, but like that was going to be my thing. Unfortunately, for the years in which I was running through this process, which mm-hmm. actually, I guess, fortunately now, because it, 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 it may get, it may change. You know, we had children in, in cages at the border. And you know, this is that most of those countries pulled their adoption with the United States. Mm-hmm. And so there was just a, a, a political environment that changed that. And right. so now, and I could be wrong on this, but there's like Africa is a lot, it's a country that a lot of people go to, to be, it's more expensive. You obviously yep. also are traveling there and there's, a, there's a few others. I am hopeful that we will start opening up the borders again to be able to adopt from Latin American countries. And I, I feel optimistic that that's probably likely but when I was going through the process, there was a whole lot of turmoil going on that led to um, mixing that idea. Yes. 
Yeah. And I, I think that, see, like everyone is going to go on their own journey. And like you said, you know, you find the the child that was meant to be with you, but uh, just kind of being aware of what path to take is important. And so, yeah, I think that this conversation is going to be very helpful to parents who know they want to embark on this, but don't really know what the options are or where to start. I would say one more thing that that may be helpful. Sitting down and really thinking about, as you were saying, like, what are the, what does this look like? What are the parameters? You will get a form that will be very overwhelming that goes through all kinds of parameters. Parameters mean health parameters of the baby, race parameters of the baby, drug background of the birth mom. That's right. the stuff that I say. And the further in you go, the deeper the mental and emotional work. And so starting to think about that stuff so that you are ready to answer those questions. Think about it on the earlier end. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great to know. So there's no such thing as work-life balance. I never ask that trite question because it gets on my nerves too. But I do think that, um, you know, really just the, the motif for this entire interview is leadership and parenting. And you, you can have both. There is an and, but you just have to make sure you show up, you know, for your team, for your company, for you know, your, your business, and then for your children. And so what are some of the non-negotiables for you in how you show up? I love this. Jeff Bezos talks about this. He calls it work-life harmony. But this is why my management is time, attention, and energy, because the concept of harmony and which he states, he's like, if I make it home to dinner, but I'm still thinking about my product roadmap meeting, or if I'm in my product <laughs> roadmap meeting and I'm thinking about my son's baseball, that's time management, right? Mm-hmm. It's focus. It's where is your attention and your energy? And so I'm very committed to, and I, you know, I hear parents say this all the time. Moms say this, but also dads. I don't want to disclude dads, but I'm in an environment where venture capitalists will say, oh my God, how are you going to build and run this company if you're pregnant? And it's like, or if you have children, it's like, it makes you more cognizant of being present and productive in the moment and getting your thing done, the thing you're passionate about in the here and now, because you know you have a whole other type of presence that you want to be and, and another priority, right? So this comes down to stuff I coach on. It's called ruthless prioritization. It's being present. Back to my mantras. I write every morning, I am present, I am patient, I am calm. You know, I really know how to be uber productive at whatever I have blocked off time for. So I guess the last thing I'll say there is I'm a master time blocker and I block everything in color coordinated and I have (laughs) my writer colors and then I have my founder forward colors and like that's how how I function. And it it makes it quite easy. It's actually not that complicated with intention and a plan around it. Absolutely. Tell us about a mom sense moment that you've had where you just trusted your gut. And I know, you know, it really just fuels you in a lot of your decision-making, but something that kind of related to a rider that you can share. I've been mom sensing my way through when daycare is right for us. Yeah. Um, And part of that mom sense, I think, is colored by the fact that we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I had made a decision that it was going to be earlier than now, and he's still not in daycare. So I then made the decision that it wasn't the right time for us. Man, I love the community of mommyhood because 
everybody is very helpful and wants to be helpful, but then there's also a lot of sort of inadvertent sharing of opinions. So I get a lot of opinions about whether or not <laughs> I should send them to daycare and, and, you know, financially and time-wise, even for me and my attention, since he still is at home, there are a lot of benefits, but back to servant leadership, this is not about me. It's about writer. And I think we will be getting there soon. But I've gone in and out of mom sensing my way through that. And we're not in daycare yet. And I'm not going to be shamed by it or sit around and second guess myself. I'm going to go, we'll end up at the right daycare at the right time for us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, um, you know, it's a tough call that all parents are having to make right now, especially, you know, with preschoolers. Um, Virtual school is a whole other beast, you know. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? I'm going to give you two quotes. And the thing is, is I have quotes on my printer. So I get to get to really read them because one's longer. It's Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than the ones that you did do. So throw off the bowline, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Love, love, love. That's how I live my life. That's a sailboating 20 way to say what my dad taught me, which was being big, go big or go home. One that I use every day, all day with my clients. So I may as well reference it is entrepreneurship is a personal growth engine disguised as a business pursuit. Entrepreneurship is a personal growth engine disguised as a business pursuit, (laughs) which is the work that I do with my clients. But I feel like that's very powerful. I believe that human, better leader. I believe better human, better parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you say it that way. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. Is there a product that you are just loving um, during this time? It's just, this is like the fun consumer segment um, because it's always interesting to hear what people have to say. So is there something that you're just loving right now and want to share with the audience? My life-saving product is Yumi. Clean, safe, all of the food is created by, you know, uh, pediatricians and, you know, it's all organic. And as a single mother who runs a business, it's been a lifesaver. I don't, I, I know that he's getting healthy food that I can grab very quickly if I hadn't had time to make something. Yep. That's great. That's a really good one. Lastly, where can my listeners find you? I'm a Twitter gal um, <laughs> because it's like an early or early platform for a lot of techies. So I'm RM Ward at Twitter. LinkedIn, you can go find me there, Robin Ward. Um, on Instagram, I have a founder forward Instagram. So mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, I think that would be very useful. My personal Instagram is Robin M. Ward. And uh, my website is founder forward. So um if you are interested in best self-leadership or any of the topics we've talked about, go to my website. Also, I have a newsletter. So you can sign up there. Yes, definitely sign up for a newsletter. Um, I, I feel like the parallels that you have drawn for us with uh, your best self-leadership and parenting are just so enlightening. I've never heard anyone speak about it the way you have. And you know, I, I think we all have to have this growth mindset as we're going through our day-to-day, whether we're building a business or raising a child. And I'm so thankful for you um, to come on today to share your experience around it. I, I loved coming on. Thank you for having me. Isn't Robin incredible? 
I never knew the parallels that exist between leadership and parenting. And she broke it down so well. Better human, better leader, better parent. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. And guess what, guys? I officially have merch. That's right. That's Total Mom Sense. Tanks, hoodies, t-shirts, notepads, pens, mugs, earbuds, all to make your listening experience a little more cozy. So leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and email me a screenshot to that's total mom sense at gmail.com. And if you're the winner, you will receive some merch delivered straight to your doorstep. I will be announcing the winners during the last episode of the month. And so I'm going to announce today's. It is Sonia. And Sonia writes, love to start my day with this podcast. Cheerful, uplifting, inspiring, and informative. Thank you so much, Sonia, for that Apple podcast review. You can email me your address and I'll send some merch straight to you. Tune into other episodes and browse my YouTube videos and blog posts on my website, that's totalmomsense.com. And you can follow me on IG at Kanika Chada Gupta and at That's Total Mom Sense. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's Total Mom Sense.